You were just like I did at your age. Please don't say that, Dad. I'm 16 years old. I'm not a child. Don't you take that tone of voice with me, young lady. Love you, Dad. I love you too, son. You're listening to Honey, We Made a Disney Podcast. Two friends since the only way to be cool was to wear an Old Navy fleece vest. Now dad's reliving the Disney movies we grew up on with our own kids. I'm J.B. Wagner. And I'm Eddie Ferguson. And on today's episode, we got the makings of greatness in us. But we got to take the helm and chart our own course. Stick to it, no matter the squalls. And when the time comes... We'll get the chance to really test the cut of our sails and show what we're made of. And well, we hope you're there, catching some of the light coming off of us as we review Treasure Planet. But before that, JB, how are you and the family doing? Great. Inspired. Very inspired right now, Eddie. One, because of your incredible uh, monologue there, which I'm sure we'll we'll talk about in here. But also from just the Christmas spirit right now, just full full of Christmas in our house, just got all of our decorations up. We've had the tree up for a couple of weeks <laughs> before we went on Thanksgiving because <laughs> uh, I pulled it down from the garage and my daughter was very excited about the tree coming out of the attic. And so we had to put that up. So we finally got all of our Christmas decorations up. And today, because we were going to wait till next Saturday, but the kids were begging and pleading with us because we got a special gingerbread house to make so the kits at target they got these gingerbread houses and now they've expanded their offerings not just a gingerbread cottage you've got the gingerbread like larger home like almost like mansion size like barbie mansion uh you've got now uh the cocoa stand if you want to go small and tiny a little cocoa stand (laughs) you've also got townhomes or like a row of like um in new york city or in london like the the row row of homes i saw a tweet about a craftsman style gingerbread i think that's the i think that's the bigger one i was thinking of but that is not the one we bought eddie the one Mm, that we and we let the kids choose and they chose this one you can actually get a Target store gingerbread. No, <laughs> that is awesome. It's amazing. I uh, <laughs> we were not expecting this. It's a legit little. It's a little tiny Target, and it comes with a pre-made spots playground. You you get a little spot and yes. a little shopping cart made yes. of uh, whatever that hard. Um, uh, royal icing yes royal icing yeah. and it's it's it was fun and it was delectable delectable <laughs> and everything they're just understanding that we don't want to just sharp a target we want to play and do everything at target now so our kids loved it they were so excited in previous years we kind of had to help them this year it was like we just erected the thing got it like standing up and then they took it from there and just like they wanted to do all the things and try different stuff. And I had to be like, no, you can't let the tree just stand. Like, why won't the tree stand up? We've got to put the tree up against the, the building. And they just went to town everywhere on it. And we were just kind of standing there watching them. That's the age that we've now hit it. They don't even need us to, to decorate their, their gingerbread anymore. They got I, it. I, I'm going to need photos of this. Oh, I will. I will text my wife right now to have her send you <laughs> stuff. I need to see the gingerbread Target store. We were just talking about this the other day. I was just like, we could really go for just a Target trip. 
There's something so fun, relaxing, you know, you always cut your, you know, you say, okay, we're only going to spend this amount. And, but in your mind, you know, you're going to double that. So you just got to like plan that in accordingly. It's like only target that could you go into the dollar bend and come out with like $50 worth of stuff. (laughs) Like, wait, this is all dollar bend stuff. This all seriously. Yep. Yeah, but but enough about me, Eddie. We've got some Disney news to to cover. Uh, we got a little bit of an anecdote as well as some new trailers, some new um, rumors that are kind of swirling around. But we wanted to start off with, we kind of gave you all a break from Chapek last week. We kind of said, hey, we did the big Chapek Bob Iger news two weeks ago or two, two episodes ago. Uh, there was a little nugget that we heard in the Disney dish and might have been other places as well. Uh, but the way that Shapek found out, Eddie, do you want to do you want to take the reins on this? Like, I feel like so you, or do you or- I have no idea how they found out about this, but everybody's got their sources and it wouldn't be surprised me. So it wouldn't surprise me if this is how it went down. But apparently the chairman of the board, Susan Arnold, just calls Chapek and says, Bob, you're out. Our lawyers will call yours. Click like as he's driving to the Elton John concert to introduce Elton John at his last concert in North America and Disney Plus's first big like live streaming event. This is, you know, a big, big, big deal. Bob, you're out. Our lawyers will call yours. Click. It's incredible. I think I, I want to one- know, like, how long does he go until he tells the driver to turn around. So it was <laughs> you know, in, like, yeah, well, I had heard uh, like in their story, the Disney dish, they made it out to sound like he was like backstage, like ready to oh, go. Like he was on. actually there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that okay. was their rendition of, it. I don't know what is true or what's false, but the fact that it was just very simple to the point and just like, you're done, man. And well, you probably can't say anything else. Like we live in such a litigated world, they probably can't say anything else. But did he try to fight for his job? I don't know. But anyway, it was just hilarious that yes. this this guy who's been a pariah for so many of the fans, especially Park fans for so many yeah. years, to just get ousted that quickly and that just succinctly, was just a little nugget that I, I wanted to make sure that our, our listeners would, would hear that. I'm loving the Dear Bob letters that are all over Twitter, all over Facebook, all over YouTube. Just like everybody is writing, writing or sending out like, I wish Bob Iger would do this, you know, and it's like all of this like random stuff. And you're like, yeah, they're like facing down billions of dollars of profit loss. Like he's not reading your your Twitter (laughs) letters like Ain't nobody got time for that. But the big thing was over the weekend, he and the chairman of the parks division, Josh, Josh DeMauro, went to Candlelight Processional at Disneyland. Whoa. And so it's like, whoa, they're in the parks together. And they like they walked around DCA a little bit. They walked around Disneyland together a little people bit. And they took, had, like, people saw them there or like. Private. Oh, there was like my Twitter feed blew up on like <laughs> sightings of of 
Bob Iger in in the parks and all of this stuff. I mean, and this is early in, like he's just taken over and just had his first like all hands on and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, like town fourteen hall. days yep. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The town hall. He didn't really say anything in that town hall. He just kind of was just like steadying the ship. It's like, oh yeah, we'll look into that. Oh okay, we'll look into that. They asked him about park reservations and this, that, and the other. And he just kind of like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm new back. It'll give me a little bit. We'll, we'll figure it out. But that, that is a big deal for him to be walking around the park at the, at like, obviously just getting a, a lay of the land, or maybe it was just a, a picked like see, people seeing him like on the ground, like doing stuff and right. Could have been yeah. too. It'll be helpful. Speaking of people ro- walking around places. Mm. Yes. So this, this is the, a little bit of news. So we, Daisy Ridley. From, who plays Rey in the uh, trilogy, the the ending uh, Star Wars saga sequel trilogy? Sequel trilogy. Let's let's make sure that this is distinguished ac- accordingly. Accordingly, We've got the prequel, the lesser, the lesser than sequel trilogies. It's lesser than. Aren't just all of the other, other than the the core ones, the lesser trilogies? Sure. Yeah, you've got your core trilogy, number one, no questions asked. Then I think now we established prequel trilogies and then lesser than all of those is the sequel trilogy. I mean, this is a longer conversation, but Jar Jar Binks was really bad. Are we just glossing over that? that I have my moments of liking Jar Jar. No, just never. But this is not this is not that podcast. We can get into that. At another day, I know I've just ending the conversation here, but we don't have time for this, Eddie. We can't do another <laughs> hour and 45 minute long podcast. You, I know we did do a long <laughs> one last time. But, Daisy, but hold on. Are you seriously saying that the sequel trilogies are better than the prequel? The sequel trilogy I, is better than I'm the saying prequel trilogy. All I'm saying Jar Jar was really bad. He was I really I want to hear right here, right now, or I can't go any further. Are you saying the sequel trilogy is better than the prequel trilogy? Eddie, I am on record, I believe, or at least have told many people that Revenge of the Sith is one of the best of the of the entire series. Okay. That alone, I that that I think that movie is better than anything in the this the the sequel trilogy did agreed agreed wholeheartedly. So for that level, I would say yes, but those first. One and two are really bad. One and two yes, are really bad. But they've got some moments in them that make me really, really love them and enjoy them. So that's where it's mixed. It's, that's what I'm saying. It's a longer conversation. But but prequel trilogy is better than sequel trilogy. I'm just saying what I said before. I'm stick. I, I don't want to get down the weeds. I of it. feel like you're being a politician right I'm now. Not. And I am. I am the saying non-answer. So you're saying the prequel trilogy is better than the sequel trilogy? Yes or no? I am giving a non-committal committal. <laughs> yes or no? It's debatable. <laughs> Eddie is moving his camera down as if he's going to close the session and be over with. We should do that all next next episode. I feel like we should we shouldn't just like jam that in here. We should like give it a full episode. To talk well, about all the Star Wars ones. Whenever we decide to bring back listener feedback uh, for all 15, <laughs> we're now up to 15. We are my, up to 15. My cousin is listening, your which is great. Thir- your cousin is uh, 15. Michaela is number 14. So my, my teammate. So we're growing. Great. 
So what were we um, talking about? Oh, Daisy Ridley. That's what <laughs> Daisy Ridley went and visited Lucasfilms. Yeah, she posted that she on on uh, Instagram that she or I think it was Instagram that she was at Lucasfilm last week. This is this is big news, Eddie. Is she going to be reprising her role as Rey? Are they going to make new Star Wars films? Like, what is it? The sequel, sequel trilogy? Like, what what's going to happen here? I I liked Rey. I, I think everybody uh, does. I think everybody likes Ray, a wonderfully strong character. I think whatever our beloved friend JJ Abrams did there at the end in confusing her character, I didn't really understand. But up until that moment, I thought she was a great character, lots of potential on story arc um, that he ruined. But yeah, I, I love that character. I would love to see more from her. I'd love to see like pre force awakens story you know how maybe that could be interesting you know um some jakku action there i don't know or she just went and visited some old friends i feel like it's a big deal like if she was just going to visit people she's not going to like tell people and like stir things up because she just knows anything that she posts about lucas films is going to cause cause a stir i feel like it's Mm -hmm. a it's a precursor it's like a nod to something else it, it may not be an entire series although it looks like they're like waiting in those waters right now looking for what's going to be next in the mm-hmm. the movie world yeah um, they don't know but it could be that she's i mean it could be as simple as she's voicing a character in one of the clone war trilo- series or something like that like one of the one of those uh, animated series she could be doing that yeah so it's not in our notes but we're on the lucasfilm topic I listen to two separate podcasts, like my Disney nerdy podcast, and uh, both said that the decision for Kathleen Kennedy to leave Lucasfilm has been made. It's she is leaving. What? But how are how is this not the entire podcast, Eddie? But it's not public. Like there, it's a very very hush hush thing. And they're waiting until after the release of Indiana Jones 5. Like once we're on the other side of Indiana Jones 5, then she will take her curtain bow, you know, from curtain call bow from from Lucasfilm. But it's like super hush hush. Nobody, nobody is really talking about it. Inside Um, the magic dot net. I'm seeing a whole article about this that I am flabbergasted. I have not heard anything about yet. Well, a, a, a little bit bigger of a switcheroo happened around the same time that that started coming out. A so. little bit, a little bit, a little bit bigger news. Yeah, a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger. That's I insane. mean, at the end of the day, I don't like what she's done with Star Wars at all or let it. But at the end of the day, she still goes down as one of the biggest producers yep. in Hollywood history. Yeah, her IMDb um, is insane. Is, is insane. Of it's her, incredible. Of just, not even just like leading all of Lucasfilm, but like before that, yeah. her direct producing films is incredible. Yeah. It's impeccable. Yes, yes. So all the respect in the world for for her career and all of those things, but don't like you know what Star Wars has done under her. So, uh, but what I have liked about Star Wars is uh, the Mandalorian. And we just found out its release date. So excited! March first, a little bit later than I was than I was expecting. We were expecting kind of February, but you know what? We'll take we'll any take official date. March first is when we get 
Baby Yoda. I was about to say Grogu, but that's not right. Baby Yoda and Mando back together with the crew going to go save Ma- uh, Ma- Mandalore. Are you excited about this, Eddie? We fought- it's been two years. It's been over two years since our last, not totally Has since really? our last, since our full season of the Mandalorian. We did get those two Boba Fett episodes. Yeah, we did get those, and I think that's yeah. kind of what's what's held it over a little bit for me. I, I am, I am really excited. I think on the heels of Andor delivering, mm-hmm. you know, I think previous, I mean, even with Boba Fett, I was a little like, eh, this didn't meet my expectations, my hopes, my my dreams and desires for this. Um, but Andor delivered. So I hope the Mandalorian continues to. I've these the first two seasons were incredible. The episodes of Boba Fett were my favorite of the Boba Fett series. Um so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We'll have to have like a watch party on March 1st. Yeah, we still have not tried that, Eddie. Trying to do the watch it. party at the same time. What's crazy is they've now got it set up where like Disney Plus and Apple FaceTime like sync and you can like FaceTime watch party. That's it's like, whoa. So hey, do you need to, you need to actually use probably like an iPad or something like that to like watch it together. To get that right. Or, yeah, like, so you're doing one on one device and one on another. So, like, we could watch it on our Apple TV and then FaceTime on our iPad. Gotcha. If we, if we had an Apple TV, that's what we would do. But you know what? I've given up on Apple. You have given up on Apple. <laughs> so many disappointing things are coming out here. This is, this is going to be a rough episode for me. I love our Apple TV. The in- seamless integration of everything. Integration. Intrigation. Intrigation. We know, you know, I, there's just no segue for this. Nope. Last two things that came out this week. We got two awesome, Speaking great, great trailers. Great trailers. The, the first one, it's not just a trailer, but we also got the name, the title for the new yeah. Indiana Jones movie coming out June 30th. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Not your radio <laughs> dial. It's going to be something else probably, but. I love the dial. alliteration. Dial of Destiny. As a preacher, gotta love the alliteration. Um, And it's intriguing. I'm hearing rumors of maybe some type of time travel thingamajigger going around. Well, it can't be any worse than the aliens they had. Can't be. Cannot be. No, that was... The aliens weren't what was so bad about... Oh, yeah, we don't have time to... to, (laughs) We we could. Um, We've got our next I love Indiana Jones. I love, love Indiana Jones. Um, so did this yeah. trailer do it for you? Did it like give you all the feels and the emotions and take it, you it literally did, back it, in time? It did. It did. But this is this is the, the consternation that we have. It's we get excited over these trailers and then we go see the movie. Mm. You know what I mean? You've been there. You look at you watch this and you're like, oh, this is going to be. No, never mind. Andor was that. It did it. It had great trailers. Andor met. And it delivered. Andor met it. We'll had a good see. time with Wakanda forever as well. Those trailers yeah. were amazing. And then the and then loved the movie too. So we'll see. I, I'm excited. It it looks um it looks very good classic Indiana Jones. You know, the they did a whole bunch of like de-aging things in there, and you got a couple yes. of shots of that in the trailer, um, which looks good, looks really legit. Um Sala is yeah. back. Sala's back, back in the flesh. 
Yeah, and then um, oh, I just forgot his name. The guy who plays the the villain. Um, what is his name? Can't help you here. I'm sorry. I he was he was in he was the villain for Casino Royale. Oh he the, yes, he was Grindelwald in um and fan, Fantastic Beast. The, at least the last one. Mickles. Oh, it's not. That's not the same guy, is it? Thought so. Mickles or yeah. We'll have to look this up while Eddie is waxing eloquently about how amazing the trailer was. <laughs> Phil, Phil, Phil. Phoebe Waller-Bridges Phil, is also in this as well. Overall, great. Mads Mickelson, you're right. Mads Mickelson, there you go. Antonio, uh, Anto- hold up, Antonio Banderas is in this. He's in this. Yeah, they got a lot of a lot of people. Toby Jones. Uh huh. He plays a great. There's a lot of lot of uh, Nazi energy in this. So Toby Jones well, plays do. a great Nazi. They go back. Yeah, he's done it. Done he's it for did, Marvel. Did, now he's coming Marvel, to do yep. it here. Um, no, this this hits all of the chords. You know, you've you've got that epic uh, horse chase through the streets. You've got him uh, outgunned by a whole bunch of people, but he's using his whip. Um, you know, there's just a couple of like really good tropes in there where you're like. Okay, give us fan service. That's what we want here. We want a good old classic Indiana Jones tale. It's and it uh, looks like it. Director is James Mangold, who did Walk the Line, Logan, Ford versus Ferrari, um, The Greatest Showman. Oh, he was an executive producer on that. Um, yeah, but great. No Lucas, no Spielberg. They've not written any of this, and they've not, and they're not directing. I think they. I. I'm pretty sure they get producer credits, but we will see how well that goes then. Yeah. Not well, the men in there, they, they came back for kingdom of the crystal skulls. So yeah, that, that didn't, I'm pretty sure that I've only seen that movie once and it was, and I fell asleep in it and I was in college and I was touring with heart song and mm. came to a host home. They turned it on. I watched a quarter of it. And then fell asleep immediately and just heard everybody rant and rave about how awful it was. So I never went back and rewatched it. But I saw it in theaters and I think I've it? seen it on DVD once. Do you regret that decision? No. I mean, it had its moments. You do. It's okay. You can say it, Eddie. You do. That's not one of my favorites. Uh, we also, apparently it was like Brazil Comic Con. Like I texted you. I'm like, why are we getting all of these trailers all in one day? Um, it's because it was Brazil Comic Con going on, and we got Guardians of the Galaxy three trailer, which is good because we just watched the holiday special. Uh, what was your reaction to this trailer? Same a couple. En- it's same Guardian, same energy, same irreverent e- energy. I did love the uh, landing on someone's own planet, and then Drax not knowing how to th- how to how to play and toss the ball back, and just nailing the little kid in the face. I um, laughed out loud both times watching the trailer at that moment. Because unfortunately, I have done that myself to to a small child. And it is <laughs> so embarrassing. There, a small child that was not my own. It reminds me of the Peyton Manning on SNL yes. after winning the Super Bowl and just throwing yes. the ball at kids' heads. It was great. Looks like we're getting one a, of the best SNL sketches sketches of all time. By the it's way, it's top ten. It's yes, it's incredible. Easily, easily. Evidently, we're getting a rocket origin story in here. That's fun. I uh, already see the baby rocket plush being sold 
at gift shops. I can see it now. You can also just get one by just finding any place that will sell you a raccoon skin. <laughs> you can also get it skin. there. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, looks like we're getting Gamora. They're reuniting um, with Gamora. That's going to be awesome. Good. Um, we needed that. But the big thing that hit me when I just watched this, because I just watched this again right before we got on, was James Gunn. It's his last Marvel product that he's going to be a part of because he is taking the helm, co-taking the helm at DC. So this is his last film, his last hurrah. And maybe that's why there was a little bit of energy of one last time. They finally faced the music. It's like they're saying all the things of like, I don't know that everybody's going to make it out of this. Exactly. Uh, who do you think's going to die? Could be Rocket. I don't think they're going to get rid of uh, Baby Groot. I think Swole Groot is going to gonna stay on. Um, Are we going to lose Star-Lord? I don't think so. He's Can, crying quite emotionally at something in that scene. So. I don't think it's. I don't think they'd bring don't back Gamora. I don't think it'd be bring back Gamora just to kill him. Could be Drax. Could be. He's kind of. He's been everywhere, so it might be his time. I just don't know that they're going to kill off Star Lord. I don't know. Yeah, that just, could just, could just be me. We'll see. I, I'm excited for this one. I I think the second Guardians was not my favorite. I was I was kind of disappointed by that. I need to go back and rewatch it, but didn't really enjoy it. Uh, but the first one is fantastic. Set a new I tone. Mean, that the reason that we had Thor Ragnarok was because yeah. of the the what happened with Guardians, like just yeah. like coming on the scene and just changing the energy for the MCU. It, it did Agreed. it did a lot of good stuff. Agreed. And uh, yeah, so we'll 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 see how this turns out. We got what May mid beginning of May. This yep. is going to be the like. This is going to kick off the summer season. Uh, so, so we've it, got Guardians in May, May and then Indiana Jones at the end of June. June 30th. Yep. We yeah. got Spider-Man. I've got Eddie. I've created my own. Maybe I should share this with you, but I've made yes. my own uh, document that has all of the Please dates. Do. And there's other things in there like Fast 10. And for some odd reason, I put Transformers Rise of the Beasts in there because that trailer also dropped this week. <laughs> You know, it looks so ridiculous. It looks exactly like what you would think it was going to be. Roosevelt by Scorsese. I saw saw some information about that. I know you're going to be excited about some history um, stuff. And Oppenheimer, um, Nolan's new film, that trailer dropped as well during all of this. That looks really good. I think I think 2023 might be the year of just like, let's do this. There is boom, boom, boom. There's a ton basically from. May 6th, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 different movies, not counting shows that on here, I think this is probably partially due to the pandemic kind of putting a lot of things on hold Mm -hmm. and them having to push other things back. This might be just the natural way of things where we're now getting the movies that like are just kind of all pushed back together and now they're finally all coming out. Um, It'll be interesting. I think Top Gun Maverick showed everybody you can you can make the money in the box office again. Like you can pull in the huge numbers. And I think Avatar Wave Water will be the the second shoe to drop of everybody going, oh yeah. Then going to the theaters is still going to the theaters. You can make your money there. 
I thought you were going to say Strange World was the reason it was going to do that for people. Mm-mm, not at all. I think that does the the opposite, sadly. But sadly, it's only made twenty five million dollars, and it was uh, one hundred and forty plus all all the whatever else they had to so bad spend on so it. Bad. But that's it. That's all the Disney news that we have for you today. Um, but now we are here to really talk about the cult classic that people are just dying to get some respect because it was so overlooked in the moment. But the 2002, our last film of 2002, Eddie, next week we're going to be jumping into a whole new a whole new year, whole new a expectations, whole new, whole new lease on life as we got our driver's <laughs> license at that time, I'm pretty sure. Oh, we did, yeah. Or maybe 2004. No, it was 2003, don't, yep. Don't, but don't tease it too much. Do, yep. We'll talk about that more next week. But this week we're here to talk about the movie Treasure Planet. Cue the Disney sound effect. Okay, Eddie, buckle up because this is going to take a little bit as we do this IMDb description for this movie. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. IMDb description for Treasure Planet is this. In this scientific fiction rendering of the classic novel Treasure Island, Jim Hawkins, a.k.a. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, is a rebellious teen seen by the world as an aimless slacker. After he receives a map from a dying pirate, he embarks on an odyssey across the universe to find the legendary treasure planet. Come on, guys. We don't need all of that. We don't need to have people... They, they, the, the worst thing that you can do is put, put the actor's name in this description, and they did it. And multiple lines. They did everything wrong in this, Eddie. I'm just... I'm, 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 I'm upset. It's too heavy. It's not teasing it enough. It's just serving it up cold. Honestly, they could have stopped at the scientific, the science fiction rendering of the classic novel Treasure Island. Exactly. I agree because everybody knows Treasure Island. Mm -hmm. Like if you grew up in the English speaking world, you know Treasure Island. It is a classic. It is required reading. I can't remember. It wasn't like maybe junior high we were required to read in an English class. That's like fourth grade. I thought it was like maybe early, yeah. I thought it was early, early. So good. Like I'm reading Treasure Island to Lewis right now. Like that is how like, come on, like this is um, yeah, part and parcel. So, yeah, I think that could have done it just fine. And everybody would have would have um, would have remembered it would have you know known what this was all about. Did you go see it in theaters when it came out? Were you right there I, with everybody else? I did. I was right there with Not everybody, everybody else. else. Just a few people because this really did bomb <laughs> at the very similar to Strange World, actually. Well, let's let's get that out of the way here. Everybody, <clears throat> everybody with the Strange World bombing keeps wanting to compare it back to Treasure Island because previously uh, prior to Strange World, uh, Treasure Planet was the worst opening of any Disney movie. That being said, it earned 38 million in the US Canada market and 110 million worldwide. Uh Strange World's not getting anywhere near any of those numbers. 25 million in 2 weeks. So it's, We're it's not, local like domestic is close. It's close. Yeah. Anywho, <laughs> and just gonna move on this was 20 years ago let's let's adjust for inflation and all those wonderful things and we'll you're see right you're we, right on that yeah 20 years out. later yep 
Um, so yes, I did see it. And, um, the immediately, uh, fell in love with this movie and has been a regular rewatch soundtrack listened to frequently. Yeah. I, I don't know how, how hard out of the gate you want me to go here, but I'm still waiting on your Disney soundtracks that sucked hierarchy eddie because we get the same thing from you every week it's like the sound i love amazing. the soundtrack i love the soundtrack? Love the soundtrack? Love the soundtrack i'm still waiting on your like these are the ones that did not did not do it for you but no go for I, it this is the stage we'll is yours that. eddie the, the energy i just want we'll, you to full energy right now that's what i want from you we need to be writing all this down like we need to have an episode on uh, apparently indiana jones we need to have an episode on star wars and now ranking soundtracks because there are some stinkers. I'll, 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 yeah. Do tell. We, Aladdin. We've already talked about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, uh, I would put this in my top five favorite Disney movies of all time. Wow. I High, high praise. Mm, it's not even in the Disney decade. Love. Love this, this movie. Um, one, source material. One of my favorite books. Um, I've read it a couple of times. Like I said, I'm, I'm reading it now to Lewis. Um, he, I mean, just the whole, the sense of adventure for a young man. I love those storylines. Like those just capture me. I'm a, I'm a sucker for them. And, and this is no exception. Uh, I also love science fiction. So the, the combination of of kind of classic with with science fiction and i think one of the things that i love so much about this is they don't overdo it i feel like it's a good balance like they just they give you the science i mean of course i mean it's set it's treasure planet it's uh, pirate ships in space it's it is science fiction but the way that the production design carries that out I think is so, so eloquent. Um, yeah. I am not. I love this movie. So I am not fluent as fluent with classic literature, but watching this, it seemed to me like they did a good job of keeping to the source material. And even though they took liberties and flip flop some stuff and flip some characters around and obviously invented and a whole world to, to this, to this, um, or worlds. Uh, yeah. If, it seemed like they did a good job of keeping to the heart of the story and even different plot points and stuff that movies like uh, Muppet Treasure Island just kind of threw out <laughs> and just kind of did their own thing because that's what they do. Um, but just rewatching this again, it reminded me of when I was younger reading the this story. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's what happened next. And they have the little hut and the little guy that they find on the island and they kind of played around with all of that, which in a, in a really good way. Yeah, I think you're right. Like they they stayed true to the source material, um, a, a definitely in, in plot sequence. Um, with character, you know, I think they they kind of, especially Silver. Um, I like what they do with Silver there, of kind of making him even more of a of a father figure to Jim. Um, I, you don't really get that as much in the book and, and I liked it. I think it worked well in film to kind of have that. Yeah. That, that was, 
it, that might have been the biggest departure, but it also was probably the best part of this film for me was mm-hmm. that relationship between Silver and uh, Jim Hawkins, um, that budding relationship and how he took him under his wing and taught him stuff and like played that played that tough love father figure for him. I, it seemed like it definitely was a, a departure from what the source material was, but I also felt like that was really where the heart of this movie was. And uh, it, even even though it was different, it, it it was a good choice, I I believe. Like that's what kind of maybe that's made it more Disney fied, like giving him a father figure that really cared about him. But it made all of the other moments inside of it and the choices that were made. Um, kind of come together. And it's like he really did care about him, even though he was also trying to do this mutiny and, and all the horrible things. Well, I think from a Disney animation standpoint, Jim Hawkins is one of the more complex protagonists. Um, you know, I think you, I, I mean, is to be abandoned by his biological father, by his real father. Um, and, and you, I mean, just the way that they they carry out the complexities of his character and all of that. And, and I love that you start with him as a small child reading the book and you just see the the awe and the amazement of a small child. And then you cut and then here he is as a teenager, um, a little, uh, you know, well, classic teenager, right? Just kind of like ticked off at the world, uh, misunderstood, you know, all of the that. That shift, that arc of the character the so quickly narrating your life. Oh, <laughs> s- I, and and there, so there we go. Like it, I, I awesome love montage. an awesome montage, I'm and s- then you throw the Goo Goo Dolls in there, which for the early two thousands, come on, like Goo Goo Dolls, come on. Um, I may I, have forgotten I, that it was the Goo Goo Dolls, and I just turned to my wife and said. Is this Lifehouse? Who is this? This is somebody from that time frame. We looked up like, oh, John Rezesnik. Oh, Goo Dolls. I'm yeah. in the I, song. I'm I, still here. Yeah. It's not officially the Goo Goo Dolls. It's just the lead singer of the Goo Goo Dolls. Um, yeah, but that, what a wonderful montage that just gives you such heart and complexity of character right off the top. Um, and then, And then just as you should be getting annoyed with him, like, oh, this teenager angsty stuff. I'm tired of it. Then you get silver in the relationship with him and you begin to see Jim change and and grow through all of that. Um, and then that that final act of the movie and just kind of seeing him take charge and lead and then, you know, get on the right path, as it were. Um, I think that's part of the reason why I love this story in this movie so much is their ability to capture that. Um, I don't know that that kind of restless desire for so many young men who want to be something who want to, but they want to, they want to discover it for themselves, right? Like they, 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 there's something about young men as they grow up, don't want to do what everybody is telling them to do or to, to take the path everybody's telling them to take. But so they're wrestling and they're trying to figure it out. And I, I don't know. I just, did you connect with that? Like, do you feel that in this story or is it too, you're just an old grumpy man now who old grumpy don't, don't remember all those things? No, I, it, the energy is great in it. Uh, the thing, the only thing holding, I the thought it was fun. 
the only thing holding me back is like I know the Treasure Island story inside and out and sideways and backwards and all that kind of stuff. So when you've just been around that story for so long, um, it's so familiar that um, it didn't necessarily like it wasn't the greatest thing. It wasn't like my favorite, but it's only it's not because of their execution of it. It's because I've heard this story before, like in told in many different ways. I've, I I remember watching it when I was younger, but this was the first time I I know I have sat down and watched it before at some point and probably even with my family, like maybe when we even got Disney Plus for the first time. Um, but I think because I was just like, oh, yep. Yeah, now he's going to do that. Oh, Silver's going to do this. And I forgot. Oh, I forgot about that guy. Oh, that was kind of fun. Uh, I actually, the the person I was really most gravitated, to, not gravitated to like emotionally, but just like had the most fun with was Ben. Partially because yeah. my name. Martin Short. Yeah, Martin. But Martin Short, he he made it so like he just like you just did not know what he, he, he was going to say next. At one point, he's just like talking all of a sudden. He's like. Was I ever dancing with an android named Lupe? <laughs> just like, where did that come from? Um, I loved Ben was like a just a bundle of live wires. Just any moment yes. he was going to say anything. So I I really enjoyed him, um, and I did love the 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 relationship between Silver and Jim Hawkins. But the the beats I knew that I knew what all those were going to happen. So that that didn't it didn't like wow me. It was just like wow, you guys did a really good job with the sort you utilizing the source material and making it fun and interesting, but it was not out of this world, like top, top of the line for me. But um, also a lot of these films I'm coming to them later. So maybe if I was uh, 16 years old or 14 years old watching this movie and like getting so uh, getting to see it, maybe I would have been head over heels for it. What I am head over heels for is their attempt at least to incorporate just to a whole nother level the CGI and the 2D animation. All the characters themselves were 2D and a lot of everything else was CGI. Even though it's kind of rough, like watching it again, it's it's rough CG, <laughs> CGI, but for the time it was like probably groundbreaking. But even like just Silver himself, um, there's a great video you sent about the 107 facts um, that you didn't know about Treasure Planet. And they go through how um, even... Um, silver himself like he's hand drawn but then his ro- his cyborg arm is all cgi and there's another even form of c of um, um graphics that they're using as well in certain moments well um, and they did the cgi i mean uh but they flattened it and yep. made it look 2d yep which is really really cool effect so there are a lot a lot of groundbreaking things that they did with this um so much so that it was still one of the highest um budgeted animated films and 2d animated films of all time um which kind of led into the other things that we talked about but i just appreciate the fact that they were trying and they're doing different things even if there's conspiracy theories that they let it go over budget so that they could go fully into cgi and get out of 2d animation but well and let's also like let's just settle this here and there i think one of the main reasons why it bombed is it was going up against harry potter like, come on, like, yeah, th- your audience is going to go see that. Like, how did you not know? I mean, it was the second it was Chamber of Secrets that it opened against. Like, come on, people. Yeah, that's that. That's why Treasure Planet really did not do as well in the theaters. But 
This is beautiful. I think this is absolutely beautiful. Even as we went back and like rewatched it and I've been doing research for this, um, I would love <laughs> this poster, like the main poster it's of him poster. up on the sails and you see the pirate ship and treasure planet up over the nebula. Like, wow, that's really beautiful. And it captures so well um, the overall feel of this movie. I feel like it just has a, uh, a great artistic direction, not just how they chose to do the science fiction elements, but there's just so many moments of this, the beautiful and this, the, the space sequences are really cool. The star implosion was um, yeah. excellent. The whole pacing of that, the, the, as the stars imploding and they're getting sucked in and then they're, they're getting pushed out immediately. That was great. That was awesome. What they, what they did with the, with that whole sequence. The only CGI thing that I did not appreciate was the floating whales. <laughs> Those were pretty bad. Those were like uh, uh, 2000, uh, the a Fantasia, Fantasia 2000, 2000 yeah, yeah, yeah. whales. I was like, I thought the same thing. She had spent a little bit more time on that. But man, that star implosion, that was, that was a great sequence. Such a great sequence. Well-paced action. I love that. Um, we've got to talk about the voice cast. Because oh, yeah. I think they've assembled a, just an a outstanding stellar voice cast. We've already mentioned Martin Short as Ben, the robot, who is is fantastic in that. But you've also got Emma Thompson as Captain Amelia. You've got David David Hyde Pierce as Doctor Doppler, which I I love his voice performance in this. His uh, his character's kind of little trope is of slipping and and having like a lot of Freudian slips. Um, saying something that you shouldn't say, but sounds similar to what he's trying to say um, that I just, I love that running gag through all that. And David Hyde Pierce really carries that through Brian Murray as the voice of John Silver. um, There's a reason I gave the Epic in the opening here. I think what brings the heart to that relationship so much is his little like fatherly speeches to Jim. Like there are moments where like I found myself like holding my breath listening to him or thinking like, man, that is a really beautiful. I mean, it's a piece of poetry and writing of of how and then the way he delivers it and brings brings life to it is just absolutely incredible. So but also we got to say Jim Hawkins is voiced by Joseph Gordon-Lovett. Love Joseph Gordon-Lovett. Gotta love ourselves some Joseph Gordon-Lovett. And um, perfect for this. Like I couldn't think of anybody better for this. Um, yeah, just that angst, that 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 moodiness, but aspiring for something more uh, of Jim and all of that. Um, he emotes that so well, and yeah, I just love that, love that performance. So great voice cast all the way through here. Some great quotes in this. Uh, one of Silver's that I loved and I laughed out loud was. As um, he's letting go of the ship with all the 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 treasure in it to save Jim Hawkins, and he's and he says, "Just a lifelong obsession, Jim. I'll get over it." <laughs> so he just like <laughs> lets it all go. But honestly, the the I one love who, hit. Oh, sorry. No, you go for it. You're in. I was gonna say one of my favorite quotes that I think is just beautiful is, "Look at you glowing like a solar fire. You are something special, Jim." You are going to rattle the stars. You are. 
should get that. Uh, I should I should look in the mirror and tell myself that every day. Right? That like if you look in affirmations for, right there. I love those affirmations. I'm going to randomly text you that sometimes. Please do. It's going to I'm going to get like, it in a JB. moment that I really need it. <laughs> the the person I really want to give all of the accolades to on just the one-liners is just Captain Amelia. Yes. Emma Thompson destroyed in a great way this character she was way overqualified to be voicing this character and she did it amazingly i know some of this is obviously the writing itself but when she says little things are like oh tish tosh mr silver can you keep that type of flim flammery for your spaceport floozies like just <laughs> things like that but the best one though other than one of them i i want to use in everyday life is unorthodox but ludicrously effective that was a great one <laughs> but no the best one for sure is uh to muse and blabber about a treasure map in front of this particular crew demonstrates a level of ineptitude that borders on the imbecilic and i mean that in a very caring way like <laughs> one of the best monologue like one of, just all of her different monologues she has like that where she just goes off just saying the these very specific Quotes that I've never heard anybody say before are just, they were just so good. No, the, the, the specific style of dialogue per each character from the captain to the doctor, to Jim, to John Silver. um, You don't see that often in animation where the four main characters have very distinct and different styles of dialogue and then on top of that you bring in some fantastic actors who just plus it take it take it to the maximum um i think that's one of the things that i love so much is just these back and forths and and uh, the dialogue of these characters would you like to um get up on your uh soapbox for the directors of this film ron clement and john musker I love this story. I think this is so fantastic for them. So uh, the directors are John Musker and Ron Clements. They also uh, created the story alongside of Ted Elliott and Terry Rosario, who we know from Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, But John and Ron go way back with Disney from the Great Mouse Detective to really hitting it huge with the Little Mermaid, Aladdin, um, they are, I don't know how to, I mean, the biggest directors in, in animation, if not, you know, they're, they're up there in, in the, in the top, uh, as a duo, they had been trying to get this movie made from the very beginning of their career. Like they had been pitching this all the time, all the time. And Disney just kept saying no and no and no and no. Um, and what was the film that they brought them in to do that they, Hercules, They brought them in to do Hercules and they both said to Disney, okay, we'll do Hercules for you. But in our contract to do Hercules, you have to guarantee that our next film will be Treasure Planet. And I mean, these are guys, they've done Little Mermaid. They've done Aladdin. These are huge hits, money pouring in for Disney. So they think Hercules is going to be that next big one for them. So, of course, they'll be like, yeah, we'll give you whatever you want, whatever you want. Well, 
eh, Hercules doesn't, you know, rise to the same level, at least not in the box office as Little Mermaid and Aladdin, but they're now contractually obligated. So they move on and they do Treasure Planet. And this, I think that's, you feel that in this film to a certain degree that this is, this is a passion project, right? Like these are guys who they have been thinking and dreaming of this for a really long time. And it shows itself. It really comes out. Um, but I love that story. I love that that they kind of had to hamstring Disney into allowing them to watch it and into making it. Because I don't think this would have ever been made post-Hercules. When Hercules didn't do exactly as they want. But definitely wouldn't have gotten made post-Atlantis. Yeah. That's, I think that, that's the, what was so surprising that they would come out with a film that obviously not the same thing like the um it doesn't lean as big onto the steampunk um stuff that atlanta says but yeah that in to have a very close follow-up to a, a, a flop like that it is pretty pretty big which is I, i'm i'm glad that we got both atlantis and we got uh treasure planet and for that matter lilo and stitch right these are out of the ordinary. These are atypical Disney, quote unquote, Disney yep. animation uh, that are all three are, are great movie. Like I, I like them for for specific reasons, but by far Treasure Planet is my favorite uh, of all of those. And, and like I said, arguably in my top five favorite Disney animation movies. I have one one thing that I'm sad that they removed from the source material. And okay. that is, there is no mention about the black spot. Yeah. I'm a little, I little sad it, about that. Especially is that for, too dark for kids? I don't know, but it was such a funny moment in the Muppet Treasure Island when they do the whole <laughs> black spot stuff. So there, there's a, and that's, it's one of the most, the story, that's the first thing I think of is the black spot. So. Well, I, your first, well, we're, we're, we're just past that in the book with Lewis um, your first three, four chapters is Billy Bones just hanging around the inn and waiting, you know, to come and be killed from the black spot. A big part of adapting any piece of literature to film is to know what to contract and what to expand upon and what to. OK, we just got it. We got to we got to push all of these things together. And that whole Billy Bones thing is like, boom, he lands boom he gives them the treasure then some then they're burning down the thing and then they're off like they scrunch that whole sequence together like like a like a pancake yeah you know somewhere in a meeting somebody's sitting there ron or or john going we got to get to space we got to get to space we got to get to space like this story has got to get into space as soon as possible otherwise we're and i mean i think that's the prologue does a great job of that, right? Of like teasing you, of getting you there right away. Um, but yeah, they they shorten that whole sequence up quite a lot. And you know what? For this, I, I'm okay with that. I was I fine think with it too. When you're taking when you're taking a longer time, when you're really fleshing out, okay, we can do that. But in this, I don't think uh, it really had the space for it. Any any other outstanding things here with the great. Did you ever dream of sky surfing like Jim Hawkins? Could could have we could have used a little bit more uh, sky surfing. That was some pretty cool stuff that that all that. Yeah, we only got kind of two two sequences there. I I could have done with a with a with a 
at least one more. Let's throw it in there. Do we need a um, honorable mention for Morph? I thought that was a creative, uh, you know, play on the whole parrot thing. I'm, you know, if I think if the movie had been more successful, we would have seen some morph plushes. Toys. Morph plushes. They're probably out there somewhere. Maybe. Somewhere. This has got to have. So it's funny we are, you know, we are reviewing this now because back in November was the 20th anniversary of the release of Treasure Planet. Um, and, you know, they already had a sequel in the works prior to Will- release. Was it Willem Dafoe already Will- in there? Willem Dafoe cast. was already cast as Iron Beard. You know, they were ready to make this like a universe, like a whole world building uh, within animation, which would that is cool. Like that gets me excited. Like how cool would that be to have kind of like world building within this narrative in animation? I I wish we could have gotten that. I think that would have been fantastic. Do you know, Eddie, sometimes plans go astray. (sighs) Sadness. So sad. But we have Treasure Planet. I will continue to watch it. I, I, I do. I am thankful for what we have. So I think everybody knows where my rating's going to go on this. No surprise there. Where are you going to land on this? I'm going to go with a four. Whoa. Do, I liked it. do explain. I liked it. But like I said before, I, I need it. I didn't need anything. I already knew the source material watching it for the first time for me myself like i can only take what what i remember and i hadn't didn't really remember it from when i was when i was younger so just being this is like the 35th time i've heard or seen some portion of the treasure island story i enjoyed it i enjoyed what they did to kind of change it up a little bit and i really really liked the jim hawkins and silver um relationship but it wasn't like bring me to tears or like really like emotionally like crazy um, move me. And so that's why I just dock it a little bit for that. Um, not much, but I know that you're going to have it up in the five gummy worms for you. It is. It is five gummy worms all the way for me. I think this just it hits on every level for me. And it is also I don't know. I, I I connect well with the story of Jim, both in Treasure Island and then even just the way that they tell it here. Um, we've talked about it on here, like I'm a space nerd. And so like <laughs> even just kind of setting it in space and kind of adding those elements of it, it's almost like they made it even more uh, easier for me to connect with the story because of that. Um, but I think it's a beautiful story. I think it is one that so many people... Um, struggle with through their adolescence to early adulthood of trying to understand who am I? What am I going to do with the things that have been given to me? Am I, you know, destined for greatness? Can I accomplish? But what does that even look like for me? You know, others may have expectations on me, but what is the, what is the course that I want to chart for myself? That, that whole I don't know that 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 resonates deeply with me and and I know for many others as well. So love this movie. Um, it, it was particularly fun this time. I had not allowed Lewis to watch it um, because I wanted to read the book with him. 
And then because we were doing it with the for 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 this and everything, I'm like, okay, I think I'm gonna cheat. And so we had um like kind of a, a daddy fun day. And just he and I, we like put the other kids to bed early. He got to stay up a little late and we watched this together. And it definitely took this to like another level for me. Like I was already at five gummy worms beforehand, but to sit and to watch this with him um, and to see him light up and enjoy, you know, he loves all things pirates now. So like that was, you know, a big draw for him. Uh, Definitely took this to like a whole nother level. And there was quite a few moments of just choking back tears because of because of all that. You know what this is, Eddie? Well, sweaty eyed. You know what this is? This what is rating, this? It's not just five gummy worms. It's five cups of dirt pudding. Oh, oh gosh. Wasn't that the best? With the little gummy worms inside the dirt pudding. This is dirt pudding with five gummy worms in dirt pudding. Yep. This is great. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We found a and- new level. <laughs> And if anybody out there is still trying to figure out what to get me for Christmas, any of you who are related to me listening to this, I think I would really like that poster. That is such a sick poster. Am I right? It's pretty amazing. I could see that maybe back here. It doesn't fit the whole national park theme as much, but I mean, it's the adventure. It's adventure. It is adventure. Yeah, that you got is a palm a tree back thing. there. It's, you can go right above that. It's called an elephant plant, and I've only watered it twice. It pulls moisture from the air. That sounds like cool witchcraft. <laughs> or science. Well, five gummy worms and dirt pudding from me. JB is still, you know, well, he still can't just... Dis- distinguish what's good star wars or not so <laughs> i don't know if we will take his four as as a valid you know opinion and with that with all of those opinions your life has now been forever changed by another episode of honey we made a disney podcast be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your other fa- favorite podcasts so you don't miss any of these wonderful ramblings hey and while you're there please give us a five-star review and share this with your best friends so we can get up to 16 listeners you can also check us out at honeywemade.com so you can see our full movie list as we continue to go through all of disney's major movies from 1988 to 2005 also known as our childhood including next week when we review bowls. Thank you for listening. And remember, you give up a few things chasing a dream. <laughs>